Now let me reorganize you. I want you all to come here, uh, including our guest Ruth. It's good to see you. Just make sure you occupy the first two rows. If you're behind, if you're behind Kevin, you are not supposed to be there. So. I don't know why we go early to church to sit at the back. Mm -hmm. So, wonderful. I still don't want somebody at the back. So anybody who will be coming after you, yes, sit close to your bay here as you revise the notes. Amen. Wonderful. Praise God. Are you glad to be here? Amen. Amen. I'm so excited to be here today. It's such a, a great day. The Lord has made that we rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We are looking at the subject called the way of the way of grace. The way of grace. And today we want to we, I'll divide that subject into three parts. The first part will be the God of all grace. The God of all grace. Uh, the Lord has already ministered to me so much this week and especially today about this. And my heart is just glad. My heart is just overwhelmed by his love. Amen. Hallelujah. The God of all grace. And I'm praying, I'm praying for each and every one of you that uh, God shall open your eyes to see what grace is and what it really means. Because once you understand, there are a lot of things that we struggle with as believers because we do not understand what the grace of God is. Sometimes you have, you have an idea because you have, you have heard somewhere, but you have not received the revelation of what God's grace is. Now, the grace of God is, in fact, it, it is impossible to have the scriptures the way we have them if you deleted the grace, the grace of God. It's, it's impossible for God to relate with a human being today without, um, you know, the subject of grace. And grace is unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved. It's unqualified. It's unmerited. Grace is beyond our thinking. Because most of the times when we think about the grace of God, we are thinking about the things that God does, the few things that God enables us to do. But the grace of God is the providence nature of God, the extravagant nature of God to give us what we do not deserve, what we have not worked for, what we do not qualify for. Remember there is a difference between the grace and mercy, that grace gives us what we do not deserve, but mercy keeps us from what we deserve. Mercy withholds, because mercy tells us that we should be punished. But mercy now tells us that we cannot be punished because God has been merciful to us. So the grace of God is bigger. It is actually the nature of God to be gracious. It's not just something he gives us. It is his nature. The nature of God is grace. And we shall be looking at that. The nature of God is grace. I think I need to start from there and just say that number one, that the nature of God is grace. The nature of God is grace. The grace of God, uh, it is the, you know, the undivided part of God. You cannot divide God apart or take away God or subtract God away from his grace. The Bible talks, talks about God being the God of all grace. The God, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10. 
refers to God as the God of all grace. I hope you carried your Bibles, right? First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10. Have you found it? Read. You see, it says, after you have suffered, the God of all grace, the God of all grace, he's the Lord, the Bible says, he shall confirm you, he shall restore you, the God of all grace. So, the, and we shall be looking at the fruits of the impact, the significance of grace on day three. But today I just wanted to let you know that God is the God of all grace. His nature is grace. The Lord of all, after you have suffered, the God of all grace. That means all graces are resident in God. There is no grace apart from God. There is no grace that is domiciled outside God. God is the source of all grace. That is God the Father. He is the resident the the, the 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 you know the source the custodian of all grace and be looking at sometimes god helps us or uh, chooses us to be stewards of this grace but he's the source of all grace he's the source of all grace not only god the father god the son also has grace god the, the son the, the son has grace Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. This is a prayer that we make all the time. This is the prayer that we make all the time. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now. It is a prayer that we always make. It is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you also look at Galatians chapter 1. And verse number 6, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God the Father is the God of all grace. God the Son has also the nature of grace. Uh, Galatians chapter 1 verse number 6. Who found it? You see, uh, we'll be talking about that later as we continue with this teaching. But suffice it to say, for now, we are saying that these people have run away, departed, left the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, the Lord Jesus Christ has grace. The nature is grace. The nature is grace. So you have departed from, and you're going to see that it's possible to depart from the grace. But today, I just wanted you to know that the, the Son, the, the Son of God, the, 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 His nature is grace. John chapter 1 and verse 14 uh, to 16 tells, about, tells us about uh, this light that came and we beheld His glory. Uh, that John the Baptist uh, testified of that light and that light was greater than him. I uh, came full of grace and, and truth. Uh, very interesting. John chapter 1 and verse number 14. Uh, read. Mm. Yes. You see, grace for grace, that means grace after grace. There is no limit to the grace of God. You see, I'm trying to lay a foundation of this word because once you receive the revelation of this word, it's going to set you free. Because some of us have come to believe sometimes that the grace of God uh, gets 
uh, depleted. Sometimes you see you can make blunders after blunder until you think that after the second blunder, God's grace must have been depleted for you. And you live as if now God has just had too much of you. Now he can't forgive you anymore. But the Bible tells us in his fullness he has extended to us grace. And that grace is grace after grace. That grace is there every time. Every time. And look, this is so interesting because the Bible declares that when God came to a place and wanted a habitation and a relationship with his people, he did not send in the new covenant, he did not release grace to you. The Bible says, the son of man whose glory we beheld, the fullness thereof of the son of God, he was full of grace. And I'm thinking he would have sent grace to us. He would have released grace to us. But the Bible says he came by himself to bring grace. Hmm? That means he has not just sent grace to you. He is walking alongside you. Hallelujah. Mm. It's like going to ask for some help from somebody. He says, give me this, give me money, and this. He says, oh, this is the money, go. But then there is a difference here because this other one says, let us go with you. Because he wants to facilitate. That's why there are so many believers today who feel like they have been given grace. But they do not know that the honor of grace is alongside them. So you are not alone. You are not walking by yourself. The honor, the source of all grace is all the time with you. He says we beheld. That is why the word, that word became flesh. God was becoming flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. That he became flesh. And we beheld his glory. When we beheld his glory, John tells, tells us that he was testifying of that, that glory. But that glory was too much for him to testify about. And the extension of him that was the grace. He was not just the grace of God. He was God himself extending himself to us. So that he's walking alongside us. How many believers today feel like they are alone in this journey? He's the God of grace. He is the God of grace. So we'll, we'll be talking about that as we continue. Today I just wanted you to know that we are serving God of grace. God the Father is God of all grace. God the Son is the, the Lord of grace. God the Spirit, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, is called the Spirit of grace. Spirit of grace. You're seeing how the Godhead, their nature is the grace. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse uh, 29. Hebrews 10 and verse 29. Read. The spirit, we, we shall see how that is possible when we are talking about the operations of grace. But for now, he is referred to as the spirit of grace. It's the spirit of grace. You see, it's interesting in the English language when you're talking about grace. You know, the definition of the Bible and the word about grace is very different from the English uh, meaning of the word grace. Anytime you're talking about grace, mostly it refers to how somebody walks. And you realize most of the time it talks mainly about a girl, the way a girl walks. She's full of grace. You understand? The way she's walking, she's full of grace. But grace that God has um, given to us is a grace 
that causes you to access things that you would never qualify for. Hmm? My brothers and sisters, when you understand grace, you'll know that the grace of God has not just been given to you for now. God has given you enough grace. Enough grace. And we'll be looking at the kinds of graces. He has given you enough grace to last you your lifetime. There is nothing that you, you will ever do. And there is nothing that you cannot do. To have God love you less or God love you more. There is nothing you can ever do to have God love you less. Praise the Lord. That God, Elohim, loves the preacher who is standing before you to preach the same way as he loves a harlot in a bar. The same way. The love of God is the same. Why does that bring, you know, freedom to you? That now in your walk of salvation, you will not be doing things. Because uh, there is nothing you can do for God to love you more. Or avoiding to do things. Because there is nothing you cannot fail to do that God will love you less. But your greatest aspiration in the walk of life will be to love God. He that engraced you. He that extended his grace. His grace to you. And you are going to see how grace gives you freedom over sins. You know sometimes people think if you are talking about grace then you are giving people license to sin. No. In fact it is the opposite. The grace of God enables somebody not to walk in sin. The people who have walked in sin are people who are walking under the law. So you have seen that point number one is that God is the God of what? God is the God of all grace. The God of all grace. Now number two, he has packaged this grace in two things. Actually one. His word. That's why we refer to the word as the word of grace. The word of grace. The word of grace. That what is the gospel? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh, died on the cross, ascended has set us free. That is a gospel. First hmm? Corinthians 15, if you're talking about the, the gospel. The gospel of grace, called the gospel of grace, whatever we need to preach is the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24. Acts. Awesome. Yes, to test, you see, you see, none of these things move me. What, what things? There are so many things that Paul is going through, but none of them move him. Why? Because he has received something special. That he has received a gift to be the proclamator of this gospel of grace. Gospel of grace. But now, when Paul is going somewhere, he's not telling people the do's and don'ts. Uh -uh, he's telling them that God has showered us with grace. That now you qualify for something that you did not work for. You merit something that you did not work for. Why? Because of his finished work on the cross. The finished. 
Do you know why Jesus said it is finished? He would not have said that if it wasn't. Hmm? He would not have said that if it wasn't. He said it is finished because it was. But most of us have not received the revelation of it is finished. That's why we are still working. Now, how do we receive salvation? How do we receive deliverance? No, just believing on the work he has already done. There is nothing else you can do. There is nothing else. It's called the gospel of grace. Or it is also called the word of grace. The word of grace. If you look at Acts chapter 20 and verse number 32. Therefore I commit you to God and the word of his grace. That is able to do what? To build you up and? Yes, among us the saints. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. It's called the word of grace. The word of grace. So it's the word of grace that God has committed to us, that we should be dispensers of the word of grace. Word of grace. Wow. The word of grace. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 3. He was bearing witness. He was telling them, this is my word. Confirming the word of his grace. Confirming. I'm laying the foundation. Before you understand how grace operates, it's important for you to know these things. But he was there confirming, because those are the apostles. They were working miracles, wonders. God, miracles are just a confirmation of what you are preaching. Confirming the word of grace. Word of grace. Wow. So far, are you able to understand what I'm saying? Huh? Because it's important for you to understand this foundation. The word of grace. And then, now that leads us to God is the God of all grace. And he has packaged this grace in the word of grace or the gospel of grace isn't it he has made a package and then that leads us to point number three that now he has given us this as a gift he has given us grace as a gift grace as a gift Grace can never be earned. Grace can never be earned. You do not earn grace. Yes, given us this grace as a gift. It's it's amazing how people come to this life. And then they start asking, what should I do? What should I do? Where do I begin? And it's like you start a journey of working. And with the time you realize as a believer, there is no end. It's as if all the time, freedom and liberty is escaping you. It's always shifting. You can't get to it. Yet God... In Christ, gave you freedom and liberty at the inception of salvation. The very day you said, yes, Lord, I believe in your work. That day, without doing anything, God imputed his righteousness in you. Single day like this. But now, instead of actualizing and uh, experiencing what you already have, 
you go out looking for it. So Christianity has been converted into a search. Believers are searching something that is, has already been given. So it's a gift. Look at Romans 5 and verse 15. Romans 5, 15. Romans 5, 15. You see, it is Romans 5.15 it is it is not like the, 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 the offense it's a gift that you have been given for if you worked for it, it cannot be a gift if you're working somewhere and they're paying you they, you cannot call that a gift that is wages but the grace of God has been freely given. Hmm? You cannot buy it even with an envelope. It was by the sacrifice at Golgotha, it was handed to you. God hated his son so much that you may receive his love. He could not even look at his son his son said, my father, my father, why have, you why have you deserted me? Why have you forgotten me? Why have you thrown me away? Because the Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 2, 5 verse 21 that he made him sin who knew no sin, that we become the righteousness of God. In other words, all the sins of humanity were placed on Jesus so that we might have freedom. Your freedom today did not come when you received Jesus. Your freedom today did not come when you said yes. The Bible says he chose you in Christ before the foundations of the earth. Ephesians 1 verse 4 and 5. He chose you in Christ. No, you know, if you came to this room and, and then found um, that lights are not on and then switched on the lights and, came, uh, and they, they came on, you can't say that you brought electricity, isn't it? Electricity was there before you came. Your simple act was to press the switch. And most of us are not pressing what? But the electricity is there. God has created a system for you to receive grace already. I'll be looking at how to access that. So Romans 5, uh, 15 uh, tells us that there is that free gift that comes to every believer. And if you go to Romans 15 and verse 15, Romans 15, uh, Emily, read. You see, given. Huh? <laughs> Did you say, I earned, of the grace I earned before God? It says, given. When we come to a place like this, all of us have been given. The goodness with things that are being given Huh? it qualifies everyone that means that nobody can sit among others and say I'm better than you because we were all given this is a free gift we were all given all of us and it says according to the grace of God that was given to me Romans 12 verse 3 according to the grace of God that was given upon me I speak to every man among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, but each one according to the measure of faith. 
the grace of God that was given to me. Given. The Lord gives freely his grace. Freely his grace. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't this bring freedom? But imagine I, have, I just have to believe. I don't have long pro processes and long steps and what. I just believe. Even today, if you just believed God, can shower you with grace now. Huh? <laughs> You'll not wait for processes. You'll not need to cleanse yourself and make yourself and go for, for a retreat. And, no. I just believe you, Lord, of the work you have done. Grace is showered upon your life. Most of the times we think our relationship with God is like our relationship with human beings. You need years to cultivate, time to cultivate, to know each other. Too. But there are things God has given freely, his grace to us. Really. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, verse 7. Ephesians, read. Louder, louder. Hmm. I received, isn't it? Given to me, his grace that was given to me. I did not work for it. I did not qualify for it. Go to the next chapter 4 and read verse 7. You see? It's Christ to each one of us. To each one of us. Grace has been given according to who are portions? are portions. Take this, take this, take this. He apportions grace to us. For grace has already been given according to the way Christ apportions. He apportions you, he apportions, apportions. So why are people walking without grace? Why are we not experiencing um, the freedom, the liberty that comes with grace? the fulfillment, the satisfaction that comes with God's grace. Because when we'll be looking at the fruits of the grace, you realize that there is something very nice that grace brings in this life. And once you start walking on the journey of grace, your life becomes totally different from the way people live it. Hmm? It has been given freely to us. And let me look at number four now. It leads us to the point that it is not merited. It is not merited. There is nothing you can do. It is not what you work for. It is not what you qualify for. The grace of God is undeserved, unmerited. Let's go to the next uh, chapter, Romans 5 and verse 17. Uh, Romans 5. Romans 5 and 17. Mm -hmm. Mm. How much more? How much more will those who receive God's abundance grace? Abundance means beyond. Eh? Abundance. Kitu, wakisema kitu ni abundant. Si inamanisha kimefurika. Abounding. Look, this is important. Some of us think that we are sinners because of what we have done. Some of us think 
that we are sinners because of the sin we have committed. True? But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches us that we are sinners because of Adam. Eh? <laughs> Why a sinner sins? Because he's a sinner. You are not a sinner because you have sinned. You are sinning because you are a sinner. Glory to God. My nature is a sinner. Therefore I sin. The sin that I have... Look, the sin... Even when you have a baby, a baby is born in sin. Even before he has the mind to corrupt, malice, jealousy, he's already a sinner. Why? Because of Adam. And he says, if one man made us all sinners, how much more will the death of one man make us all righteous? Now, if one man, Adam, sinned and all of us became sinners, if you went to school, you know, therefore, because Christ died on the cross, he has made all of us. Now, we are not righteous because of what we are doing. We are righteous because We are righteous because, look, if you, the nature of, you see, a pig is not dirty because he's fallen in dirt. A pig is dirty because his nature is dirty. You understand? One of the cleanest animals is like what? A cat? Yeah, a cat is very clean. That is very clean. They, they say they say that a cat is like a woman. Very clean, very clean. So a cat can be dirty, but it do not remain that way, isn't it? You cannot call him that you you are a dirty person. No, he has dirt, but he's not dirty. So the nature of, and believers, I pray that God will open your mind. I'm praying that God, say with me, Father, open my spirit to receive your truth. Open my spirit. Because some of us are struggling in life because of this message. We think, oh, because I've taken some sugar. Now, I am dirty, I can't even go before God. No. You are righteous because of Christ. And there is nothing you can do to cause God to love you less. His, his love is constant. God is not a human being at a jam because you didn't answer well or you didn't do anything. Sasa unapata menuna, mefura. No. God is the same. How much more will we do what? If the abundant grace has been released to us, how much more? If sin came because of one man, sin came because of one man. Now, righteousness, grace, peace. And you notice when we read First John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, the, the light who is Jesus Christ, he came full of what? Grace and and truth. Okay. So you must notice that the Moses brought the law, but Christ brought what? Grace and truth. Did you notice that truth is on the same side with grace? Truth is on the same side. Ukiweka table. So it's, it's very important for you to notice that. Otherwise, your Christian life will be fluctuating. Have you ever felt like, like that? 
Today you feel like I am, you know, I'm touching God. Today you feel like niko hapo. Then maybe you told your husband to hell with you. The, the whole day you feel like God is far away. Anybody? God is far. So that means my relationship with God is going to determine uh, to be determined by, by my relationship around and what is happening to me. When everything is fine, my relationship with God is up. When everything is not fine, then my relationship with God is affected. Uh, yet the grace of God does not decrease. The Bible says from grace to grace. Grace is always growing. Now, it's interesting what the Bible says because now the next point I want to, to show you but it is um, is unmerited but you'll be surprised where now the grace of God abounds. Hmm? The grace of God, that is the point, the grace of God abounds where it is needed most. The grace of God abounds where it's needed most, and you'll be surprised. Now, look at um, Romans 5 and verse number 20. 20. 20 and 21. This side, do you also have Bibles? This side. Robert, read. You see, that the law entered, that what should abound? Offense. Where the law is, there is offense. Where the law is. Look, look, look at this. My brothers and sisters, this is... You see, as I speak about this subject, my heart is like about to explode. Huh? I've received this in a very, you know, my heart is overwhelmed by grace right now. Look, my brother, if you're driving a vehicle on the, on the, on the road, if there is no sign that says 50 kilometers per hour, you can drive whatever speed. Yeah? Isn't it? When you introduce the law, 50, it has become an offense. So I want to ask, do you want to drive on a road without the law? Or on a road with the law? Because every place the law is introduced, offense is introduced. Every place you introduce grace, there is no offense. Haven't you read that to the pure everything is pure? That means I can do a bad thing. But because there is no law. Yeah? <laughs> and to the one with the law, let me tell you something. Even the marriage, if you're married here, and you are, you are, you are, that is why you are, you are conflicting all the times. Because your house is a house of rules and regulations. And any time there is rules and regulations, what disappears is love. Let me demonstrate. Did you know that when you loved each other, do you remember when you really loved each other? When, when you loved do you, do you remember when you loved each other? When you loved this girl? There are so many things that she used to do. Isn't it? That you never used to see. True? Huh? But now you see them. 
Yes. Now you see them. Why? Because now you are working under the law. You've introduced the law. When it was love guiding you. In fact, even the miserable things look like a joke. look like. That is why when God comes and relates to you, he says pray in this manner. In, this, in which manner? He says our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done on earth. Isn't it? Give us this day our and when you're almost done with your prayer, say Lord, but I'm sorry. This week I didn't do what you said. It's a by the way. It's not the, it's not the content of prayer. It is not the agenda of prayer. God is not waiting with, for you with a weep. Hmm? The, that's why the Bible says, if anyone sins, the Bible does not say he shall be condemned, no. He says, if anyone sins, what does the Bible say? We have an advocate. Are you seeing the difference? If anyone sins, it does not say, I shall beat him with rods. No. He shall not come before me. That is the old... And that's why when you read the Bible, you should, you should know. The context of the story you are reading, is it in the old or in the new? Because God in the new has never condemned anyone. Who does God condemn? God only condemns people who have re rejected Christ. He says, under my spirit, and you are asking, but the Bible says this, the Holy Spirit shall conv conv convict us of sin. Convict us of sin. No, the Bible says, in fact, Christ explained that and he said, he shall convict this world. This world. The condemnation of, of sin is not to the believers. It's not for those who have accepted. You see, why does God accept you, my brothers and sisters? God does not accept you because of what you're doing or not doing. God accepts you on account of Christ. Hmm? God accepts you on account of who? Of Christ. It is because of my son that I accept you. So, no matter what you did or what you have done, once you have agreed to have an advocate, you don't appear in the court of law. The advocate will appear on your behalf. And what does the Bible tell, tell us? In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says he lived to make intercession for us. He lived to do what? To make intercession for us. Leave it to make intercession for us. I pray that you get it. This is not something religious hogwash. This is not something that will help you just when you come to church. This is something that affects every area of your life. Your parenting, your marriage, your work, everything. Because if God has accepted me in Christ, I also accept her in Christ. You understand? So I'll not be in a place where now I say, oh, you have done so much. You have... No, God has accepted me in Christ. We are in Christ. Now, look at... Uh, did you know that in the Old Testament, the high priest was always standing? Because he was always offering. Isn't it? He was always offering. Now look at this high priest in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Hebrews 10, 12. I tell you, my heart is... Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Read. This man is talking about Christ, isn't it? Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Are, are you seeing? That after this man had offered one sacrifice and for all, he is not standing. He sat down because it is done. <laughs> it is done. So when you are talking about Lord, Father, Lord, you know, forgive me for this. He's wondering, I finished, I finished, I finished. Your work is to say, Lord, I accept the work you did. I embrace the work you did. And, and look, why doesn't, you, doesn't he want you to work? Look at Ephesians chapter, chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. I know you've read this before. Uh, uh, read Ephesians 2 4. Mm. Yeah. Yes, you didn't know how to speak in tongues. You didn't know the four steps. You didn't know the religious turnaround and breakthrough. When you were still a sinner, he already paid the price for you. So you can't come and feel like you are annoyed all. Even the vilest of sinners, the Bible says, the one who thinks like he's downtrodden, he has done so many things, he has killed, he has done, committed evil, he has co go, done. The Christ says, once you accept me, the, the sacrifice has already been done. Keep reading. Yes. Now he made us to get, uh, alive together with Christ then. Uh-huh. Now you see, Christ comes when you are a sinner. He does, he takes all the things that you are supposed to, to be punished for. He says, I've taken. And because he doesn't want to continue, you, you to continue working. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that once he made the first sacrifice once and for all, for all of us, what did he do? Now in Ephesians, the Bible says, he called us and made us sit together. Mtoto, kapa na mimi, but most of us have left the seat. We've gone to work. Relax, he says. Come sit with me. Enjoy salvation. So why do you look miserable? My brother. And you have said, I am in Christ. I, in fact, we do even ministry. But why do you look like you're the one who is in ICU? The most miserable person. Hmm? And it is not that you don't have money for this. No, Paul says, in fact, uh, nothing worries me. Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, do they tell you to school? No, you don't have school fees. You, you, no, it's, no I, I'll come tomorrow. No, no problem. I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> but he says, now he has, he's seated with us. In heavenly places. Christ. Now look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8. Hebrews 8 8 says what? Mm. Now I want you to notice God is the one speaking. Read very carefully. He says, um, now you have worked. You've been bringing these offerings and whatever, the bulls and the goats, and you've been sacrificing, and it has worked well. Now I'm going to change and make a new covenant. Continue. Mm. Mm -hmm. Simple to understand, isn't it? Not, not like the other one. The, the, you know that one, isn't it? Now continue. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now this is, these are the terms. Now this is how it's going to look like. Uh -huh. I. Now listen. He didn't say you. He says now I. The other one, you had your part to play and I have my part. 
But now we were not going anywhere. Now look at this. He says, I will. Yes. You see now, it is not a tablet I'm going to give you that you put by the side of your table or the side of your bed. You see, this is the commandment of the Lord and these are the Ten Commandments. No. Now I'm going to lead you by revelation that these words are going to jump from the book. They are going to be in your heart. I am... And who is going to put them in your heart? Mm-hmm. Continue. I will be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Now, you don't have somebody knowing God more because he's bishop and the other one, you believer. No. Even if you entered yesterday, God's knowledge, God's grace is the same. He's able to release to you the same measure of grace. Now continue. Mm. Now, <laughs> see, you see why God has a problem now with people who remind Because believers thrive in reminding God. Father God, you know. Father God, you know. You know even in the morning, God, you know. He's swearing, he's swearing by himself. He's saying, I, God, I will put my word in them. Then I will extend mercy to their word. Whatever they do, I will extend mercy. That means I will not deal with them according to what they are doing. Brothers, if God decided today, like your theology is, to deal with us according to what we do, who would be here today? That's why we. That is you. But the God of all grace looks at us like this and extends the same grace. So he said, Father Lord, even today I wanted to serve you, but I did not. He said, Father, so God is saying, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What is it that you are talking about? Do you know there are believers today who remind God even for last year? Even last year. Father God, you know. The way I slapped her in September, Father God, Almighty Redeemer, Heavenly Father. And people think you are praying. That's why when you leave the place of prayer, you are more discouraged than ever before. Your heart is like you are, you, like you've been going to a funeral. Hmm? There is no confidence in God's presence like, I love to be. You know, like David. David could not be saying, I want to be. How long will I be in your presence? He cannot be saying that when he's feeling all guilty and condemned before God. No. It was a joy. It was a place where he was accepted. It was, and we usually say home is a place where I'm accepted the way I am. Do you feel like God is home to you? No, it's not. Hmm? It's not. We feel like uh, today is schizophrenic Christianity. Hmm? Today is fine, like we have split personalities. This Sunday, oh, praise the Lord, man. Wonderful. Let's serve the Lord. Let's, because you are high. You are high on something. Then the other Sunday, like, you want to enter slowly, you don't want anybody to see you, and after service, sure, because you don't want. You, you see how we, how we relate to God? Even, even something so glorious, people are singing and breaking bread like Holy Communion. Our religious mindset, we approach it like this. Because hmm? if you take the Holy Communion and what the some of you are even dead. Say, eh. 
say okay meza ya bwana kujeni mchukue meza you see people like you know like live wire you want to you want to test as if is it is, is it going to is it okay but the joy of god once people know their sonship and what they you see a lot of things we talk about grace is not grace when you have the revelation of grace your christianity is going to change change and what i'm talking about is not is not singing here no your life 360 degrees changes the way you deal with people the way you deal with your relationship the way you, you know somebody who is free is, knows is free that i'm accepted here no matter how do you manage a family that you know here if i don't do one two three things eh i'm not good you know we are brought up in certain those kind of families ulioga ulifanya nini ulifanya haya kuja ukae na mimi hapo and some of us try to run our marriage also like that unafanya nini umepika umeosha vyombo nyumba ni safi okay you are a good wife but if you are in a home where you know ah no hata pata nimelala kwa veranda yani here i am loved here i am loved you understand now tell me if you are in a place where you are loved what can you do that's why they come they find you even scrubbed the roof hmm? cuz you are feeling love you are feeling what can i do here the grace the grace of the lord as was you you are able to experience god's grace ah. your life will be very different amen your life will be totally different it will not be the same but our grace is ishish it's called transactional relationship god do this because we are in the same because it is depending on you to accomplish and sometimes you you, you know we take uh, salvation as a transaction contract fulfill these two three four things then god will do his part and that's what we have believed but in the new covenant the fulfillment of the new covenant does not depend upon you it depends on god it depends on he says god who cannot lie hmm? Have I not told you that I will accomplish my covenant that I promised Abraham? Who was Abraham? Abraham made major blunders. Leave alone the kind of blunders you're making. Abraham made major but the Lord had sworn by his name that what I have promised shall come to pass. And that is the Lord of the new covenant. That he has said in blessing you I will bless you. So don't come to church in those cashas and, and prayers and fasting as if it's transaction is as if you are collecting bonga points towards the fulfillment of your promises. No. Do those out of love. This one are have already taken care of. You you will have what I promise whether you you cry or you don't. Hmm? I'll give it to you. So now the new believer the, the believer in the new covenant comes to God and say father I, I know you promised and you're going to give me anyway but I wanted to know how do you think how is your how does your mind work you know I wanted to spend time with you no because of what he promised no that one he said you will all is already given hmm? How do you feel for a government official like a government of uh, I want you to stand let's pick it up from there tomorrow amen tomorrow we we'll look at how how grace operates uh, yes we'll start from there so you'll be surprised how grace operates
Have you received something tonight? Thank you, Jesus. I want you to take a minute and tell God, Lord, you are the God of all grace. You being the Lord of all grace, I pray, Lord, that you release your grace this week for me. This week, as we go through this subject, Lord, open my eyes, open my ears. Give me a revelation of your grace that my life will never be the same again. Come on, we are praying now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, even the vilest of sinners, oh God, you have given them grace. There is nobody too evil, Lord, Lord, that you cannot reach. There is no case that is so finished that, Lord, you cannot touch in the name of Jesus. There is no situation as desperate that your grace cannot reach. Lord of all grace, shower your grace upon my heart now. In the name of Jesus, open my spirit. Come on, you're praying. You're praying, you're praying, you're praying. The Bible says whatever you desire when you pray, ah, believe that you have it and you shall have it. Oh, tell God this week I want to receive special grace. I want to receive, I want to really understand your grace and I want to experience your grace in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every area of inadequacy, oh God, you've told us that your grace is undeserved, is unmerited. Uh, that which is given freely, Lord, I also want to have it. The grace is given freely. You don't have to work for it. It's given freely. It's given, it's unearned, it's undeserved. Lord, I want it. I want it. I want the grace of God. That grace that you have given to us freely in the name of Jesus. It shall be my portion in the name of the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We bless your name. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we bless you for your the word of grace. I pray for each and everyone here that these three days shall be a life-changing days. My God, that you shall open our spirit my God, to get into the mind of God, to turn around our hearts in the name of Jesus. They shall not just be words we hear, oh God, cause our hearts to have a revelation of your grace this week for your glory and honor. Let it transform every area of our life and cause a difference, a lasting difference in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By your grace, O oh Lord, bring us here tomorrow that we may continue to hear your counsel and your words because your faith will build in us because faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Receive every praise and every glory. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. to your neighbor now, let's share the words of grace and now may the grace Come tomorrow. Invite a friend.